0: This is the Doug is OK podcast, where we discuss culture, tech, and good times. Okay, well, well, let's do this, Sarah. Hi, good morning. Good morning. Sarah's been a friend for a few years now, right? Yeah. Yeah. I really like Sarah because she's fun to do business with, incredibly professional, very high ethical standards. Thank you. I was just, when the first time we did a deal together, I was just blown away. Sarah was, had a listing for real estate. We bought it. But we just bought it directly. Sarah was the selling agent, and she became our buying agent too on the same property. And we feel like we got a we got a very fair deal. And I, I think you did right by the seller too, right? Which is incredible for 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 just in the realty business. So
1: it requires a high level of ethics.
0: So, so determined, <laughs> and you inspire me to really try my best in life. Sometimes I'm tempted not to really give it my best, and you really inspire me, and I think. I think I wish you could go into national to share with with everyone just what you do. You know, it just It's
1: it's my aspiration, actually, to be working in my profession on a global scale.
0: Yeah, that would be cool. I think I could see you doing well there. <clears throat> and you like international travel, don't you?
1: I do. I'm getting ready to leave next week. I'm going to France. And oh, wow.
0: Well, and I always get so…
1: Kosovo, Norway.
0: I always get so jealous when you go to these fun places. And then you recently watched some… American football in Germany, Germany. Yeah, yeah, which I thought was cool.
1: We saw the Chiefs play the Dolphins in Frankfurt. That was really a great experience. My son's a huge Chiefs fan.
0: Oh, cool. So Kansas Chiefs, and they're doing well this year, aren't they? They are. Yeah, cool. I don't I don't know football because I'm kind of foreign, but I try. I don't so, know
1: football either, but my son does. Oh, and so, sense. you know, he educated me.
0: Yeah, good. Yeah. Well, Sarah, Sarah's in the real in the real estate business and and obviously, we live. This is we're recording this at the end of 2023, right? And we've it's it's been an interesting time, hasn't it?
1: It really has. I mean, the last few years have been wild, yeah. In too- terms of just change in the industry, change in the dynamics of interest rate fluctuation. I mean, we we went from you know two and a half percent. Interest rate on a thirty-year fixed to seven and a half percent. I mean, that that is a large spread, yeah, and really impacts ability. You know, most right. most buyers are really payment conscious, and so when you have an interest rate at 2.5%, you can afford a lot more home than you can at 7.5%. Right. And I mean, so... Do
0: you have some examples just for, for most people? Just, so if you were going to buy a $400,000 house, you'd be paying about, what, $2,000?
1: I mean, it just depends on the terms. Yeah. And, and there, there's a lot of factors that go into play. It's not just pricing. But, but you can say that at 2.5%, now at seven and a half, that payment has more than doubled. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, whatever it was, a $400,000 purchase price at two and a half percent, they're paying double that in mortgage payments now. And that's just unattainable for the average home buyer right. that's, you know, using financing. So it's really impacted our industry and the cost of housing is rising all yeah. over.
0: And that's that's really interesting that the housing is 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 increasing given the interest cause given the interest rate environment. We're, yeah. But people have, I mean, doesn't the government try to push the housing price down? Is that true? I don't know too much about the residential
1: well market. M- interest rates are really tied to bond rates, okay. and you know, it's it's really been unpredictable. I mean, from my perspective. The housing market is a commodity. Housing is a basic need. Right. And if it's not good for the home buyer, it's good for the investor, you know. Right. And so we're always going to see a healthy market for some entity, you know. Right. But it's it's been surprising that Prices have risen alongside interest rates at the rate that they have. We're starting to see a downturn in some markets okay. of the housing pricing, okay, but not in all markets. Some markets are still growing and thriving. Those markets that were undervalued are still appreciating. And so it's, it's going to be interesting going into 2024 to see how it all shakes out. I'm very curious.
0: Yeah, and I think that's what we have in common. We're both curious, and you're also really involved in in you. You give it everything you've got, right?
1: Real estate.
0: Yeah, well, every I think everything you do, right? And, yeah, and, that's and then you true. tend to get involved, in like even at 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 on the r- real estate board, and things. You seem to be really engaged in, <laughs> and and re- at the pulse of where things are.
1: Well, I think that I think when you work in an industry, yeah, you can't just take from it right you have to give back yeah. and you have to elevate standards for everyone right and that's my belief and i've done that since i since i became interested in real estate i've always given back to the association whatever association i was a part of in some way with service right because you know if if i don't lend my experience to the industry and really apply what I know in real time will never change and evolve. And, you know, our industry is changing and it needs people like myself that are actively involved Mm -hmm. in the industry making change happen. You know, a lot of times we see, especially in real estate, you get seasoned veterans that never step foot in a house. They just don't sell anymore, but they're very active in the industry making policy changes. And that's interesting. And, you know, that's great, but it also, we need people that have their finger on the pulse, you know, and what's really going on, what are the real challenges in real time boots on the ground, you know, and that you can't get that without deal-making. So it's really, and then also, so I sell real estate, but I'm also a managing broker and I own a brokerage. Mm. So I see it from a lot of different viewpoints.
0: And and I'm I don't want to speak out of turn here, but I crashed one of your meetings, yeah. one or two, I think. And I, we don't call them meetings. Yeah, but am I correct in saying I think you had some agents that weren't even your agents there? That's right. I mean, that's, I just was blown away by that. Here's someone who's, because real estate can be quite competitive. It's very competitive. And and you're just generous with. I would imagine that life gives back to you when you that when you have explain display that level of generosity. Well, but I would imagine that that it, I I have to believe that that life pays you back.
1: You know, I can't operate in fear. Yeah. I don't have any trade secrets that you can't achieve with a Google search. Right. You know, it's it's pretty basic salesmanship 101. I don't even consider myself really in the real estate business. The way I see my work is that I'm in the people business.
0: Yeah, I think that's true. I've, I've definitely, I've, I've been a client of yours. I thought I was cool because I did so much, but then I realized I was like very, <laughs> very small. You're a very
1: good client, client. A son. very
0: small fish. You're in, a very in, good client in a very big sea.
1: But, but well, you know, we're yeah, in the people uh, business. Yeah. And if you're in the people business, then your job is my job is to meet people, share my experience, find out what their needs are, connect others. And if we happen to sell some real estate along the way, great, if we don't, that's okay too, you know, because the one thing in life that I really wanted that money can't buy is community. Right. And so I've built my business around community and whatever that looks like, you know, some of the best clients are actually other agents. Yeah. If you consider the nature of my business, yeah. we we want to welcome other agents in in our business because they can bring clients to our listings yeah. and multiple times where you and I may only do a handful of deals in our lifetime together. Right. Yeah. I could do a handful of deals a year with the same agent. Yeah. And so that's kind of how I look at that. And, you know, when you're talking about bringing other agents into our meetings, I mean, they're not really meetings. What we do, we don't meet. We don't have an agenda. We don't. It's not a forced thing. People don't have to show up. It's just like, hey, we're going to brainstorm every week at this time. And if you have an interest in real estate and you want to brainstorm with us, stop by. We'd yeah. love to pick your brain. You can pick our brain and we can collaborate. I love that. Yeah. You know, we need more of that.
0: Yeah, we do. And and, and in all things in life, like people aren't really talking to each other much.
1: No, they're not. And
0: they're not, when they do talk, they're not always nice to each other.
1: No, they're really not. And in fact, I feel like, As the age of social media continues to take hold of our society, it sort of has broken down the communication between people. We No one ever just picks up the phone and calls anyone anymore. I can only take so many text messages before you're just going to get a call from me. Yeah,
0: no, I like Well, that's what I found about you is you're very, want to a word, accessible. Where we try to buy something the other day and... The agent's name was on a big number and I phoned and phoned and phoned and I had to go to, uh, use a connection with the developer to buy, which was just crazy that the, that the, the selling agent wouldn't even get back to me.
1: It's really like I mean, basic 101, answer your phone, call people back. Yeah. Real and, basic.
0: And if you really want to be, well, look, I'm not going to be available All I need to look, do some self-care and have some time off, answer your phone between eight and five. Take every call.
1: Or but let someone else answer yeah, your phone. Yeah,
0: there we go. And get get good message. Forward messages. it. Yeah. yeah, there we go.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of opportunity for a resurgence around customer service. I and, think so. You know, that's an advantage that we have in real estate in my business because we prioritize community and service.
0: Right. And so- I, I think something I've noticed when dealing with you is you have really good people around you. So even if they're not in your organization, the, er, everyone who's connected with you, be it the title company, be it their, the inspectors, everyone has been terrific that we've ever dealt with that's connected with you. I even got a referral for, from a painter from you, and he was terrific. So it's, just, it's amazing in life how good attracts good.
1: Well, it starts with a mindset.
0: Yeah, an attitude, a you generous know, attitude.
1: Well, before I got into selling real estate... Okay. I published a trade journal for real estate. Oh, I did not know that. No. And I had two states as a territory Okay. that I traveled regularly okay. Okay. and all kinds of people.
0: Was this your own business or was it someone else's that you worked at?
1: No, I worked for someone else. Okay. It was corporate.
0: Okay, corporate. corporate, so corporate okay, entity. interesting. Yeah,
1: yeah and, but what I discovered during that early on in my career in real estate is that most brokerages are very sales oriented. Okay. You know, it's very you walk I mean this was in the early 2000s but you would walk in and you would have like the receptionist desk and then behind that you would have a big bullpen. And you know, they might have 10 or 15 desks and you'd have deal boards on the wall okay. and it would be like thermometer boiler points of like who's sold what this month and every deal would be on the board and how many people are you going to call today and you know dialing for dollars and the whole thing you know and it's very salesy it's it's very transactional
0: transactional transactional and i don't personally enjoy those environments
1: yeah it just really didn't sit well with me. You know, I don't, I don't like to be sold to and I don't like to be in that kind of sales environment either. And so when I started my company, I thought, you know, that's just not how we're going to do it. I'm looking for something other than that and I couldn't find it. Yeah. So I built it.
0: Yeah. And then, and then, I mean, we would never go to anyone else.
1: Well, that's good to do.
0: I mean, it's just, I mean, I'm sure you, you get this with other clients as well. Do you, I mean you must get a lot of repeat business I do yeah which is which really uh, I think your, your method and your practice just speaks into that and and I would really imagine that that's a tangible result from all the all the effort you do and be just the way you conduct business all of the things you talk about here just make it so easy to do business with you
1: Well when you focus on community on building community, yeah. when you focus on people, and in knowing people, yeah. knowing what their needs are, whether they're real estate related or not, and then helping them achieve their goals, whether it's a referring a painter or m- introducing them to an attorney or right. whatever the yeah. case may be.
0: Yeah, we had some fun with an attorney. You know? <laughs> 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 yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's, we-
1: it's, it's an opportunity for future people. Um, business you know whether or not it happens or not i never really count it you know i don't bank on it but you know what i do bank on is knowing people and so as long as i'm doing my job in the people business which is meeting people then you know i'll sell real estate like it's pretty basic
0: and i think something about that business model of really caring about people is one can spread themselves quite thin you sure. know, because everyone could just be be quite needy and want to hang out and everything. And I mean, I know we've talked about getting a margarita together, I and mean, it hasn't happened. But both me and my wife are are totally aware that you're busy, you are doing things, and it's not like this fake blow off thing. It's it's a legitimate you you helping people. You're out there, you're you crushing it. And and I think I think your personality and the way you do business. It it really like compensates for just being really sp- people really appreciate the little they can get off you would be is, <laughs> is that a good way to to say because because you, well, you can't we've got a big company and organization yeah you can't be everyone's best friend and the the we I mean we we interact a little bit and yeah. every time we interact I, I love it but I also appreciate we can't get our families together and grill because you're just too busy you know but you're almost come across as someone like, hey, I could grill with Sarah on the weekend and watch football, you know?
1: I wish I could grill on the weekend and watch football with you and your family and every other client that I have. In fact, you know, we gather people monthly in our office, we throw a party and we invite our clients to come by. And that's a great way to like, gather together and see everyone at once. You know, you have to that's just where I am in my life, you know, because I have other pursuits yeah, um, no, outside you're, you're of real estate and five children.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, that's incredible. So, I, I, I don't really there's wanna, a lot going on. I do not really want to trade in there, but you're actually our first female guest. Wow. So I'm really I'm excited. Honored. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I couldn't think of a better guest. And I, also, we don't really like to break down demographically, but I, I just think I, I just got total admiration for moms. People are raising families yeah. and owning a business and just yeah. balancing it all. It's so difficult. And I think you do a great job with that.
1: Well, thank yeah. you. It's, I don't think that it's easy. It, it has been one of the most rewarding things I've ever done being a mother. But yeah. I don't recommend the route that I've taken in order to accomplish my goals. You know, it no. was... I sacrificed myself a lot of the time in just being spread too thin. Right. Self-care was never really on my radar. But it is now, you know, you yeah. live and learn. Yeah, um, better right. late than never. Yeah, that's so. right.
0: No, no, I mean, we're on a very similar journey. I think and I think we connect on, on different levels. I've got one real estate thing that I've talked to a few people about is here in the States, people, the construction methods people use, they build it from, I call it stick. Yeah, which is I think it's brick veneer or right. veneer. I've been a little bit involved in construction, mainly co- commercial, and I won't say too much about anything else. But the the construction type when you buy a, a brand new house, it it looks the most the longest warranty on any one of the building elements or materials is about fifteen years. And I was recently talking to an architect, and and I said, "How long are these houses designed to last?" And he said. As long as a 30-year mortgage, and I think that's something that's not really discussed in real estate is maintenance. Sure. So when you buy a house from somebody, is it is there a lot of deferred maintenance? Is the house going to fall? I was talking to a friend recently in Colorado who's having to do extensive maintenance on these houses. He's like, "Well, I'm wondering should I should I upgrade the house while I live in it, or what I typically do is just before I sell it." Because it, like in you know, all the interiors, you should really. I, I've got friends who who do a lot of r- rental units and things like that, and and they tell me every five years they have to redo the the kitchens and bathrooms. And so things do wear out. Like, do you have any thoughts on on that? And you know, when you sell a listing, is that is the house structurally? Because in, the inspections can't catch everything. No. So what are your thoughts on on that? Well, it's probably a little controversial, and if if you're not comfortable, I don't want to compromise you. No, I... I just think it's something people don't think about.
1: No, they don't. And it's been my experience in real estate that the majority of buyers look at the pretty things. They they want the, the marble counters and the white walls and the hardwood floors. And they don't really consider what's behind the walls or how the house performs or the way that it was constructed right. the materials that were used the energy efficiency I mean that's a whole nother topic but it it it's just something that really isn't wide widely talked about in the United States and I found that the older the homes are homes that were built around, you know the 1900s tend to be better right. better constructed yeah. right. the wood was better quality, the right. materials were long-lasting, Right. you know, but even those homes are definitely have to, you have to maintain property. And no one teaches you about home ownership maintenance. No. And it's something that you just sort of have to either pick up yourself or learn from a family member or muddle through, but the majority, you know, don't do a very good job. No, they don't.
0: I mean, how many people clear their gutters and come in full?
1: You know, not not very many. I'm surprised. I'm always surprised at the level of deferred maintenance. And one thing that a seasoned real estate agent can do is, you know, walk through a house and look for signs of deferred maintenance. You know, and point them out. You know, we look at electrical panels. We look at roofs. We look at condenser units. We look at furnaces. We look at hot water tanks. These are things that buyers aren't even thinking about. They're they're more concerned with floor plan and. You know, is it on a good block? and Right, and those are important topics. Sure, they're all important, yeah. but I, I do believe that the quality of housing in the United States has really deteriorated right. over the course of 100 years. And unless we really make strong improvements to the code... I don't really see that changing. I mean, no. it's 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 all about the mighty dollar.
0: And well, and one of the things that that I'm uh, it's also probably a little bit out there and left field, but still interesting, is when you've got a family living in a house, a single family house, if if someone isn't active in DIY maintenance or maintaining the structure. It can be pr- prohibitively expensive to ha- to pay a handyman to come keep the house up in good shape. Yeah, and and that's I think that's a cost that's overlooked often, and I I've, I fear that there's a lot of houses that are people lived in where they don't have someone who's a handyman or uh, their resident DIY guy or, or person, whatever the matter that these houses are just deteriorating.
1: They are. But you have to also consider that deteriorating houses exchange and ownership. You're, it's an opportunity, right? So, if you have a home that's maybe lacking in maintenance and you have a buyer that's handy, well, that's an opportunity, you know? right? That's so it's good, yeah. It's a it creates a competitive market environment. Yeah. At the end of the day, there's always going to be market pressure, depending on. Location, amenity, condition. Yeah. It's just, I think there's a buyer for every type. There's a buyer right. for every type of condition. Right. And so I wouldn't worry too much, but at the same time, it's like, what are we building if you compare our residential real estate in the United States to residential real estate in Europe? Yeah, that's
0: what, well, that's where I'm coming from because I've got a European background that's totally are built, different. They built for hundreds of years.
1: Yeah, I mean they're made of concrete. Yeah. rebar,
0: or CMU, and or, or brick. It's a very attractive.
1: Absolutely, you know, and- they, they just have different standards. And also, for example, I know in France, when you sell a property, it is a requirement that you have it energy rated. Yeah, and that- disclose the energy rating, and that is option here. Yeah, that's- and very, and uh, not very many people exercise that option so they have no idea what the energy loads are going to be. The way that we build homes are very energy inefficient. Right. And it's my experience that it's usually from a lack of knowledge on the builder's part. It's a lack of code code requirement, but it's also a lack of knowledge. You know that it's just the minimum standard. And there's so many ways that you could be more efficient From just the beginning of the design phase to the site phase, and putting your home in the right location on the lot at the right angle—yeah,
0: side side orientation, right—all these factors. And then materials is the big thing. I'm personally guilty. When I built my office, I used hardwood floors. Okay, I I had the option. I wasn't going to put floor down. I was going to just roll around on the on the on the concrete. Yeah, and I someone talked me into putting a floor down. And I chose hardwood, card, cardboard, flooring. So it was basically, I laid it to myself, But basically had cardboard with a plastic veneer of hardwood on top. And it looked terrific, but I can't imagine how long that would last. Yeah. And I was planning on keeping that particular building for a long time, and in circumstances I actually sold the whole property. But I wonder how many people buy a house where the floors look great initially and it's literally cardboard hardwood floors, you know? I on the love floor. it. Yeah. So that's kind of it's and how would a buy discerning buyer, like what would you what would your advice be to a discerning buyer when you're when you're gonna buy a house?
1: Well, hire a good real estate agent. Yeah. Really understand that it's not a transaction. Yeah. It's you're really involving yourself in one of the largest financial purchases of your life. And you should think wisely about the people that you surround yourself with in that endeavor. But also inspect it. Get professionals that know what they're doing to work on your behalf. You know, you have an inspection, you have the right to inspect as a buyer. And if you're unskilled in home home construction, then find someone that's skilled. And that's your right. And that's you should do that. And a lot of Buyers just don't really understand or have the connection. So again, it goes back to the real estate agent, right. the real estate brokerage. You know, so often I see real estate agents, they, and in my opinion, this is pretty unethical, they say, oh, just call my guy, you know, call my inspector. He'll take care of you. But right. That's not really the the best possible thing for the buyer. You should provide 10 inspectors and let the buyer be discerning about who they want to hire. you know, right. let them interview, not just take it at my word. what if what if that guy's somebody i I hang out with on the weekends? Yeah, well, I mean, you just don't know no. and and I see that a lot. And so understanding your right as a buyer is really critical, especially in the inspection time period between the time you go under contract and the time you, your money becomes, you know, non-refundable. Right. You want to make sure you understand what you're buying. So inspect it to the nines and you can always back out if it's not what you think right. and do your due diligence up front you know educate yourself well, before right. you go into the home buying market yeah some of the best things you can do is just walk through open houses you know yeah. go to go to builders uh, model homes look at what's being built go through open houses just start getting a better gauge of price versus amenity in the neighborhood you want to buy in mm-hmm and start asking questions before you ever even think about buying.
0: Yeah, then one of the things that, that I've come across is, and I don't want to put you on the spot, but when you talk about buying a piece of real estate and square footage is, often it's priced on square footage and how that's calculated. And often you'll, you'll buy a piece of a real estate and you understand it to be a certain square footage, and then you look on the, the tax assessment, and they've got a different understanding of what the square footage is. And can you speak into that a little bit? I mean, and sometimes you'll even have appraisers measuring a piece of real estate. So how do we speak into, I mean, how's that regulated? How's that? Well, what's some advice for buyers on, on that topic?
1: Well, if you, this is controversial, you know, price per square foot is really just a way to measure value. But, I had, I'll give you an example of how price per square foot really isn't the metric. Okay. I had a a very large estate. It was a historic estate, a mid-century modern estate. It sat on three acres. It was one of a kind, very harsh angles, Mm. over 6,000 square foot Mm. as it was listed by the county assessor. Okay. And I listed it and sold it. I represented both parties. And the buyers obtained a mortgage, and part of the mortgage process is that you have to get an appraisal, right? The bank wants to know what's the value of this house, and they get an independent third-party appraiser to come out, measure the house, determine the value, photograph it. So they went through the appraisal process, and it was determined that the square footage of the property was actually 1,100 square feet smaller Okay. than what they were under what they believed it to be and how we advertised it, which was based on the county assessor. Right. Which is a common process. Common, common process. Yeah. And so, you know, they tried to renegotiate the value of the home. Okay. And the seller said, no. Yeah. You didn't buy this house based on square footage. You bought this house because it's a mid century, modern gem, unique, one of a kind on a three acre lot and you can't duplicate it. So do you want the house or not and they bought the house so yeah. it really wasn't about the square footage so when we when we try to limit our value proposition only to square footage right. we're ruling out a lot of other factors which is location amenity yeah. uniqueness you know all of those things play into the value proposition it's not just square footage and i think we we focus on square footage yeah, because it's an easy number to equate.
0: It's a metric that it's that a metric uh, we look at, and so so when I think about that property that was on the County Assessor's website, mm. eleven hundred square foot bigger,
1: mm.
0: someone paid more tax than they needed to elaborate <laughs> for a piece Absolutely. of property so, for, mean, yeah. <laughs> for so, yeah, years. Yeah,
1: I would be very so, yeah. upset as so, a seller. Yeah, I could that. see
0: why you wanted to get it, but but no, that's true and it's important. I think where would I mean we could probably should wrap this up here, but where would where would an, an someone buying a house or even someone who's a seasoned house buyer and they've moved a, a few times for their job or what have you, where would where would a person like that start and educate themselves? Where's where's a good place for someone to start?
1: Well, I would, from my experience, the best place to start is in interviewing and hiring a real estate agent because. A real estate agent is a wealth of knowledge. And so it's like if you're going to go to school and learn about any subject, the first thing you're going to do is pick a school. You're going to enroll in classes. Yep. And you're going to have different instructors, but the school itself is going to provide those instructor options for you. So consider, you know, when you, when you're trying to learn about buying homes or getting involved in a new market or whatever, you want an advisor, someone that can help you find all the resources that you're going to need and be a resource as you have questions as you go along so that you're not going at it alone. Yeah. A lot of times I see buyers going at it alone and they really don't need to. They they would be so much yeah. further faster with the help of a trusted resource. And so that would be my first recommendation F- interview and hire a seasoned agent someone that will work for you someone that has knowledge right someone that has resources in your market area that you can communicate with you know like we like you said earlier so often in our industry communication is the the hardest thing you know and people don't return calls and they're you know they're just hard to to work with right and so you know maybe Take that into consideration when you're looking to start the process. You know, can I communicate easily with this person? Are they resourceful? Ask them, you know, difficult questions up front. That's the key in my perspective. If you have a really solid agent in your corner... You'll get so much further in life just feeling confident in your choices, you know. And you can still do your own research, and I would encourage that, you know, for right. any anyone. But you have someone on your team that can really keep you in line, or give you further information, or say, "Hey, Doug, you're crazy. Like, what are you thinking?"
0: Yeah, and and also, I think something possibly to caution people for is and be prepared to pay for that.
1: You need you, to be prepared you, to pay you, for that. If you
0: if you're living your life. Where and let's use a restaurant as an example. You got a nice restaurant and you can't afford to tip the person, don't go to the restaurant. Where people people I, f- I feel like people are always trying to get agents to knock their commissions down and becomes a numbers game. If you're buying a, a blue chip piece of real estate, pay the person their dues. Pay the pay the percentage fees, you know. And you and they the people are gonna add that value to to your, your 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 asset
1: it's very true and yeah. the way that our industry is changing in light of the litigation that's coming through right now against yeah. the National Association of Realtors and, and various states are under fire for you know brokerages and disclosure and buyer commission seller commission all these commission complaints
0: okay. Is this, a, is this like a big lawsuit that's yeah. going on right now? Yeah, okay, I'm not aware of it. I'm yeah,
1: there's a lot of, there. yeah, do a little Google search. Doug. You're going to see a, a world of information about commissions in real estate. And the thing that, you know, I really want to correlate in that is that, you know, if I'm, God forbid, something ever happened to me and I needed a physician specialist, you know, I'm not just going to call the random doctor out of the phone book.
0: You're not going to go to the DNV of medical providers.
1: No, I'm going to no. I'm going to do some due diligence. Yeah. I'm going to find out who specializes in the field that I'm yeah. needing specialty in. And you know what, it doesn't really matter what it costs. No. I'm going to invest in the best advice I can get and I might even get someone else to invest in too, like second-hand advice. And you know what, I do that in every service that I obtain. Yeah. Real estate attorneys you know I I'm, yeah. I'm always looking for someone very knowledgeable and I have several that I call yeah. on a regular basis and you know what I really don't care what their billable hourly rate is they can bill me whatever they want because at the end of the day I need their advice and yeah. I trust that they're the expert and that they're going to help me and so yeah I'm glad you mentioned that because I think a lot of times Buyers don't really consider no, they don't the agent and their value and and it's worth so much because you know that let's talk about that house you that yeah. house you bought it's done it's served you well, has it not
0: i've I've had a few two that have worked really well for me from you, which have i I'm the first house I don't want to offend you, but we were going to tear it down and build another house there and we actually kind of love the house. It's it's historic. It's there's a story behind it, so I'm never going to tear it down. The second house is we were buying it from a developer. No, we, no, we didn't. But it was part of a development, and once again, having I feel having you in our corner was wonderful. You made the experience. You held people accountable, and ultimately, we we had a, we had a pleasant experience with it, and and I don't think people really advocate for that. There's all sorts of things like when you buy a piece of real estate, is is the neighbor's fence on your property? You know, just dealing with you, we just found, you, you were educating us as we went along on some of the issues that we were dealing with. And I found that fascinating and it was tremendously helpful, worth every cent that we paid. I don't know, I think the, the buyer or the seller pays, whoever paid was, it was money well spent. And and I just think, but I think my takeaway from our conversation today is find a real to broker agent who advocates for you and you can partner with and you trust, build up a rapport with them and be prepared to pay them what they're worth. Don't haggle on the price.
1: Yeah, well, the way commissions have traditionally worked in the United States is that this the seller has an active listing agreement with the listing brokerage. And the listing brokerage cooperates with the selling brokerage. And so the seller technically pays the buyer's commission. Yeah. And so the buyer really hasn't had any involvement in the commission exchange, but that's all part of the pending litigation that's coming out of of the courts right now because none of that is disclosed. You know, okay. it's not it's a disclosure issue so you as a buyer you don't know who's paying my commission as a buying agent you okay, know you, yeah. it's not discussed we don't discuss it yeah. you and I it's between yeah. myself and the listing yeah. broker and that's an interesting paradigm you know but, because it's shifting but also what what difference does it make
0: if I'm gonna buy a house for a hundred thousand dollars who cares what people's commission is on the whole thing I'm getting a, I'm getting an asset for a hundred grand. So anyway, well, let's wrap that up. It's been an absolute pleasure. I'm really grateful for you in my life, Sarah. I know we have a, we'll have to have you back and talk about some fun stories that aren't real estate related.
1: I know. Uh, I want to talk to you about so many things. I want to talk to you about my international real estate ideas because I have some really crazy ones, and I think they would work. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna work on that while I'm in France. Over the coming weeks,
0: I want to be in France so bad. I and, just want to get out of here for a little bit. Oh, I'll send
1: you a postcard.
0: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I
1: want you. to talk to you about the future of farming and what I'm doing in in my own personal homestead. Yep. Because I've, I'm practicing regenerative farming, and okay. I think it's really important that we go back to the basics of right. homesteading. Yeah, all over the world. Yeah, you know, we're seeing a need for that and to educate our children and our children's children to the importance of our food supply. Right. I want to talk to you about energy efficiency in housing. I think it's a subject that we need yeah, definitely. more information on in especially in the United States and consumer demand. Yeah. You know, if the consumer demanded it, it would really impact code. Yeah. And you know, there's just not enough demand, but it's from my perspective because people don't know it's an option, you know? And when you parallel markets, you get the real estate market in the United States, you look at the real estate market in European countries, and there's a stark difference in... Well,
0: this is what I experience, and and people get offended when you come here with a different perspective and you ask questions. You know why? They they almost are offended that you should be challenging the status quo.
1: It's because... I have
0: a lot of problems like that in life.
1: Well, I think that it's... I think that it's because you're threatening their profit margins. Yeah. Builders.
0: Or their authority in some instances.
1: In some sense, yes. I do think that the construction industry is a very small body of people. I mean, it's, it's a very small group of people making decisions for the masses. Yeah. And there's not enough consumer involvement in. Engagement in what is needed as as a standard yeah and so that's a really important conversation that we should be having to elevate efficiency in housing
0: and and macro pictures like you hear of people in Vegas the water bill went through the roof recently if you heard those stories water is a huge a huge problem. topic huge topic we'll and definitely have to come back and talk some of these here we'll have to have a
1: an ongoing yeah, yeah <laughs> we'll discussion. have to have you
0: again but we'll have to call it Sarah's thoughts on emerging topics. Would that be a good? Would that be a good <laughs> name for? Or what could we call some of those left field con- important considerations, such as energy, water, regulatory bodies, general people not educating themselves?
1: Yeah, I'm yeah. not sure. Yeah, we'd have we're to gonna have on. to consider but, this. But I I think more importantly, the the things that really matter in all of those areas in are life are how we're treating each other in yeah. our community, right. how we're interacting as a society. Right. What are our belief systems? Right. How did we get to this point yeah. that we don't care enough? Yeah, where Where's the shift? Where do we need to put our focus so that we can achieve a shift in our belief systems? Because until we do that, it doesn't matter how much we talk about it on our, on your podcast society will continue to go in the yeah. direction it's going and we it just it doesn't take a lot yeah, it I just takes the right message it just takes
0: a bit of a seed in, and actually I've got an idea I want to put an article on our web we have a web webpage com, with the blog and maybe we can collaborate on an article just 10 points for, for considerations for first-time home buyers first or Seasoned home buyers maybe oh I'd a,
1: absolutely love to do that
0: thank you so much I know you're very you're you're an important person and you're busy so thank you very much for your time.
1: You're I welcome. feel like
0: I've used a little bit more than I, I agreed to so uh,
1: no i'm happy i'm you. I'm I actually just, sad that I have to leave and and go show a house to one of my investor clients who've been buying real estate for me for ten years. Yeah. he owns property all over our city and None of them have lost value. They've all appreciated exactly the way we thought they would. Not that we can predict future value, but they were smart buys. And you know, he keeps buying, and it's a great market to buy right now. Well, what's wrong
0: with losing a little bit of money here and there?
1: Nothing is wrong with losing money. I fail. You can't take it with you.
0: I failed at a few things recently, and I'm fine with it. Yeah, I absolutely got obliterated in something, <laughs> and I'm fine with that. You know, I mean, for, I, I a bit did margin, too. Yeah, and I'm totally fine with it. It's, it's, what's there's no shame in it. You know, I mean, what would be what would be? I think there's there's some sort of wise words from some famous person. I think Nelson Mandela said it, but I think there was someone else who said it, and it's controversial. But I think the prize goes to the person who was in the ring, not the person on the benches. You know, as I'm, I'm paraphrasing and hacking that. So.
1: It's challenging to be a spectator when boring.
0: it's very boring when, like
1: when you're not willing to take risks. Yeah. And you know, a lot of people are risk averse, and that's okay. But I found in my own life, taking risks, you'll do the greatest rewards. And sometimes you win and sometimes you lose, and that's okay as long as you learn. Yeah. You know, just learn. Learn from the risk. If you make a mistake, learn from it. Keep going. Y- you know, you can't always know everything about no. everything. And especially in housing, you know, you're never gonna there's no. there's not a perfect house. It's in there's everything. Not a, you're it's, not, yeah. it's in
0: relationships, it's yeah. in, in family with your kids, it's True. it's in finance, it's it's in real estate, True. it's in everything. Just be kind to yourself. If you make a mistake. Wake up, count to 10,
1: and try again. And be kind yeah. to yeah. others. Yeah, Kindness please. is yeah. a choice. Please,
0: be kind. I mean, I'm dealing with some unpleasantness right now all my life, and it's, it's annoying.
1: Even it, if you're wrong, yeah. even if you're ignorant, even if you're unprepared, even, whatever the circumstance may be, you can always be kind.
0: Yeah, be kind. You don't have to agree with anyone. You don't have to modify your behavior so much, just, but just be kind and respectful cool well sir we've definitely gone longer than we have but once again it's a huge honor to have you very thankful for you as a friend even though we don't see each other as much as i'd like to let's get that that. so thank you very much i really appreciate the time thank you for listening to our show today please consider supporting us on patreon and following our progress on our website DougisOK.com. until next time stay okay